Chufei, welcome back to Genius Hack. You are indeed. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And we're a bit less warm. Well, I'm a bit less warm than last week anyway. Yeah. Last week I was baking. Yeah. I well, think it, it possibly came across a little bit on the show. I think part of my brain <laughs> melted. Part of your brain? Oh, mm, yeah. your melty brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's slowly returning now, but like I can guarantee I'm going to mispronounce words. I'm going to have bad verbal grammar and etc etc verbal grammar as opposed to written grammar ah see i tried to be smart there and it just backfired on me massively (laughs) um but yeah anyway we in my um, head i'm actually saying the wrong there there and theirs and the wrong your your and yours you just don't realize yeah Yeah. i can tell i can always tell uh loads of interesting things on the show today including um we've got a a, a birthday yes that we have to talk about very important birthday that we have to talk about um Got some interesting stuff to do with um, Nintendo as well, and some stuff they did back in the day where they were kind of ahead of their time. Yes. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, God love Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> also, people may have already heard some of this stuff, but just in case they haven't, we've got some of the sta- uh, stati- statistics even Come on that um, that Sony put out for the PS5 and the stuff that they're doing for that. So we will be kind of digging into some <laughs> of those a little bit and chatting about that. That's really cool because you're like, when did the PS4 come out? A while oh. back now. I didn't study for this. <laughs> uh, the PS5 is a, a PS4 rather is it's a it's a decent amount of time. Twenty fifteen, sixteen ish maybe. Yeah. No earlier than that even maybe. I'd say earlier. Yeah. Actually, we live in a time of technology. We do live in a time of technology, um, and that's how we tend to find out information on things. <laughs> but like, because I mean, I feel like I wasn't really expecting a new release from PS PlayStation. From PS from PlayStation, so- <laughs> I didn't expect one from them either. No. <laughs> From um, from Sony, because, I mean, there was, there's still kind of a bit of hype around the PS4. Mm. Um, like, it's, uh, oh, then again, I'm not really in the, wow. I was to say, I'm not really in the loop of PlayStations. Yeah. I've always been Nintendo kind of thing. You're a Nintendo never, gal. Yeah, I've only ever owned a PS2, and that was, like, only a few years ago. I decided yeah. to buy one. Um, we were way off with the release date. I knew it was a few years, but I would have said, like, you know, 2015, 2016. Yeah. 2013. Oh wow! It does not feel like I've had a PS4 yeah. that long. Because I got one. I didn't get one the year it came out. I'm, I'm. When it comes to gaming stuff, I'm kind of. I step back mm. a little bit and I wait and I kind of wait until a few games have come out. Yeah. Reason also that I wait do for that. the general consensus as well. Well, yeah, just that. Yeah. But the other, the two main reasons I do that is one because there's actually more than one game that mm. I want to play. Yes. And two, the games that came out like earlier in the year are all cheaper so I can pick up a good exactly. few of the games I haven't gotten around to so that's a big part of why I do that That it is a good idea and it works because mm. I mean like you've gone so long without it you can go a few more months without it kind yeah. of thing but uh, I think before we dig into the kind of the main topic-y things mm. I think we'll talk about as I said we've got a little bit of a birthday that we're Yay. sort of celebrating today <laughs> and we do video elements of this podcast where we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to get back to properly doing that my bad and <laughs> um, doing that properly again so I thought I had to bring something with me because I thought it would be a cool little show and tell as well. I was well. about to say a but show and tell. It's this month. It is the thirtieth, thirty. I can't believe it. Thirtieth anniversary of the original Game Boy, Gosh. and I actually have my original Game Boy here. As I said, for the video portion, you can have a look. It's slightly yellowed with age. <laughs> it's been uh, loved. Yeah, very as, loved. As a lot of things from the eighties as well, because like, this oh. is from the late eighties, uh, eighty nine. Uh, they had the, whatever plastic was used in them over time they would yellow so oh. they'd yellow in the sun so you see like old super nintendo controllers yeah, and, yeah. and things like that tend to have that bit of a yellowy sheen oh my god and, uh, i still have my pokemon gold cartridge in there as well uh heartbreakingly don't have my pokemon red cartridge anymore i don't know oh. where it's gone my ori- my original pokemon red cartridge because that was the game i probably put more hours into than <laughs> any game ever and uh, like does it still work yeah 
does it? It does. But sadly, as I left the house today, I realised I didn't put batteries in it. Oh no. So I can't turn it on <laughs> and give you guys the like nostalgic the noise. little thing when it comes on I love that noise but uh, people who would remember this from the time it was four uh, of the AAA batteries double A double A batteries um, they're the triple the A are the really skinny ones yeah. so it was four of them and it felt like you got no time out of them whatsoever um, people who are more used to modern consoles would probably find it crazy to see that like the screen is tiny like, first <laughs> of all the screen is minuscule how did it fit all the Pokemon in there I know 150 <laughs> Pokemon on that back when 150 was a lot of Pokemon yeah um, but it didn't have a backlight. Oh, so I forgot about no, that. You could no only backlight. play it during the day. Yeah. Or sitting on the surface of the sun, mm-hmm. usually, was the only way you could get enough yeah. light to play it. <laughs> a room like this, the lights over our heads are kind of bright. You could probably get away with it in here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you squint. If you squinted. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the, the light lighting was terrible. It had two colours, essentially. It had olive green, which is the colour of the screen, <laughs> and black. And sometimes there was, like, a second shade of that. You got, like, a grey. So you might get a grey, black, and olive green. Wow. Pe- people describe it as black and white. It wasn't black and white. Like, it, again, if you're looking on the video, that is not a, a, a black or white coloured screen. That is an olive olive green coloured screen. It's like those old, like, uh, movies when you'd see them back in the day with old PCs when they're hacking and stuff. Yeah. It's that kind of colour. Oh, my God. But, uh, the Game Boy here was kind of it wasn't the first handheld uh, it was probably the most important handheld mm. uh, it wasn't the first one you had like Nintendo released the Game, the game and Watch things be- years before that which were like single games oh. uh, it was one of the earliest ones to have uh, replaceable cartridges though I see so instead of having to buy a new system you'd go out and buy a new cartridge <laughs> And I mean, even for the for the time, those cartridges were quite small. Yeah, like, like looking at them now, that's quite compact. Yeah, for for the time. Because like you know, like with the PSP games, mm. they were like the they were like a little disc, and it was like, woo, that's so fascinating. The but UMDs, I mean, they were bigger than that. Yeah, like when you think of it in that sense, and that just looks like a piece of plastic. Yeah, and it's like well, no, an entire game fits. It's on a little there. bit of a jiggle in it. Yeah, but yeah, that, they were they were actually quite small for their time. And then mm. the Game Boy Advance came along. Game Boy Advance was about half the size of them. Yeah, uh, but they were wider. They think they were a little wider. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, they were a little bit wider. Um, game Boy Color. There was a few games that were Game Boy Color exclusive. Yeah. Um, and they had the big chunky top on them mm. because the original Game Boy ones all had the little notch kind of in the top corner, and it was so when you turned it on that fit into the notch to hold oh, it into the system I'd and that's how it that. knew you had an act like a proper Game Boy game in oh, wow. so the Game Boy Color games that were exclusive to the Game Boy didn't ha- Game Boy Color didn't have the notch Yeah. so when you put them in it wouldn't it right. w- couldn't turn on it also meant you couldn't take the game out by accident that's good it's a, it's a nice little security feature yeah but uh, yeah Raging it doesn't have any um, batteries Power. in it but I mean the D-pad on it still feels nicer than most D-pads on modern controllers it's a really nice little D-pad and the buttons oh. all still feel oh lovely my God. So they remind me of smarties them buttons are smarties they, do- they totally are and I'm just looking at how simplistic it is like there is two buttons like A and B and you have your what's it a D-pad is your, that what it's your called? D-pad and then you're starting your select yeah like there's it's so minimalistic. It's yeah. gorgeous. But it had everything it needed. Yeah. And, f- I mean, for the time, that's relatively compact. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the, the kind of equivalent, like Sega brought out their Game Gear, and the Game Gear was really big, and the, the Sega Nomad then later down the line, which was quite big. Yeah. But they had the advantage of being in colour yeah. and having backlights. Um, <laughs> and oh, somehow, the luxury. <laughs> but the Game Boy destroyed them. Outsold them massively and became really? like insanely popular. And then in the kind of mid nineties, when it started to dip off a little bit, Pokemon came along. Yes. And Pokemon just blew everything up because everybody in the world had to have a Game Boy because yes. you had to have Pokemon. Exactly. I think, 
I think Pokemon is some kind of like phenomenon. Oh, and is, I, yeah. But like, I mean, say take our generation, Harry mm. Potter and Pokemon. We were introduced to these, well, not even introduced, they came about when we were quite young. Yeah. And Especially the Harry Potter books. Yes, yeah. yeah. definitely. Um, and like, if we're in our 20s now mm. and like still leap at any kind of new Pokemon thing or if there's something yeah. new Harry Potter, I know. Like, when was the first Harry Potter movie? 2001, I'm going to so, yeah, say. So, yeah, so early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. Pretty sure it's 2001. The books were the 90s, weren't they? The books started in the 90s. That was the first book. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay. Um, I'm actually wearing a Gryffindor. Hey, I'm more of, a, more of a Ravenclaw, but you know, whatever. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I think we've talked about my um, my house. What's the word? Not dissociation. Your, um, existential crisis. Yeah. You I don't know who I belong to. You're a bit of a traitor. I'm not a traitor. <laughs> I've just grown into a Hufflepuff. I was a Gryffindor and I became a Hufflepuff as I got older. Well, we Ravenclaws yeah. just look at you and laugh anyway. So. Hey. <laughs> there is no shame in a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffs are loyal and friendly. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, you Gryffindors have, have a lot of bravado. You've got the blue in your hair, which means you wish you were a Ravenclaw. I actually have hair Ravenclaw colours. Completely as well. Because <laughs> like the original kind of colours were supposed to be blue and like that bronzier yeah. sort of a bronzy brownie colour. So like you've, you've basically mm. got that going on in general there. Uh, Who am I? Trying Ident- to tell us something? Identity crisis. That's what I was trying to think. No, you know exactly what you are. And what you are is not Slytherin. Yeah. Well. Oh, here we go. Well, no, I'm not. No, I know I'm not Slytherin. But, you know, it's all like Slytherins are good too. My best friend is a Slytherin. My boyfriend is half Slytherin, half Gryffindor. I still don't think you can't be half a house. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I'm half Gryffindor, half no, Hufflepuff. No, you can't be half a house. It's not like a race. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get it. You can do a quiz and it tells you like what percentage house you are. You need to have a chat with the half. I will. <laughs> See, this is why I wish the sorting hat was real, because, like, at least... Could sort so many things out. Yeah, and, like, if he says, like, oh, well, where do you want? It's like, no, you tell me where tell I me. belong. Because I'd, I'd be happy in any house, mm. to be honest. I'd be in Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Sorry, tangent. We, yeah, well, we're, we're prone to tangents. If you, if you can't take presenters going on a tangent, this isn't the show for you, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Happy birthday to the Game Boy. Yeah. One last little look there for anybody looking in the video. It, one last uh, little look, glimpse of the Game Boy. I'm bringing this home. I'm, well, I'm bringing it home anyway. <laughs> Actually, here's the really cool thing. This is what I meant to say. This actual Game Boy, like this actual <laughs> physical Game Boy, yeah. is the very first piece of gaming equipment I ever owned. Aww. And it's the exact one. It's this actual physical Game Boy. That is so I sweet. How old it. were you when you got it? Oh, man. I was very young. Yeah. Uh, this would have been early 90s like uh, so it wouldn't have been around that long wee baby yeah like it would have been it probably would have been around as long as the full life cycle of a modern day console yeah but for at the time it wouldn't have been that long like because I mean I think I was six I got a Game Boy Colour when I was um, from Santa when Mm. I was about six pretty sure I was six and so like we're the same age yeah so if like the fact that you got the Game Boy, not the Game Boy Color, so mm. it could have been younger than six. I'd but say. they continued to produce these for years. Oh, after. really? Yeah, they were oh. produced for a long time. Um, but I remember when I was getting the Game Boy Color, I was just like, "Why is it specifying color?" Well, I was six. I didn't say specifying. Why is it specifying color, yeah. mother? <laughs> yeah, mother, father. <laughs> Why are they being so specific? That's um, exactly how she sounded as well. Her accent has changed over time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how she. She was British. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I remember thinking like, why does it say color on it? Mm. 
Um, and it was only years later, and I talked about a Game Boy. And it's like, oh, you had a Game Boy Color. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, I had a Game Boy. It's like, no, there was a Game Boy before Color. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's why it's Color. <laughs> yeah. But like all the kids that, like, that I went to school with, or most of them had a Game Boy Color mm. when I would have had that. And it was one of those kind of things of, they all thought you were cool with their Game Boy Colors. But I was like, I've been playing Game Boy for longer than you even know what a yeah. Game Boy is. So like, you know, don't even, don't, don't come at me with your Game Boy Color. Don't you start. But it was early primary school, because I remember in junior infants playing the game, play, junior, senior infant, something like that. So, so you were young. Four or five. Yeah. Because like, I remember specifically, because in my school, maybe all schools did this, we had our little playtime at the start, mm-hmm. and they would let kids bring their Game Boys in. And we'd bring our Game Boys in and Sorry, play, some, play some Game Boy games. And when the Pokemon games came out, everyone was trading Pokemon. That was just what we used to do in the morning. Like, you'd come in in your morning, you'd do your bit of business, you'd trade your Pokemon. Oh, you my know? gosh. That was, like, the stock exchange for kids at the time. <laughs> you'd do your, do your business, we did then that. you'd go do your class. We did that with Pokemon cards. Yeah, we did that, too. Yeah. On, we, we, I had my Pokemon cards slapped out my hands once, and I was very unhappy. I had a teacher who was very mean. Um, I thought she looked very cool, but she was very mean. And she didn't like us trading Pokemon cards. And she confiscated a deck of Pokemon cards from one girl in my class. And she threw them in the bin. Oh, my God. It was vicious. That's that's. Now, I feel like Saoirse might have gotten those cards back. Because that seems very, very cruel. I'd hope so. Mm. But she definitely took the cards and put them in the bin. If not, our thoughts and our thoughts are prayers and are with, are with Saoirse. Mm-hmm. To uh, the Pokemon God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arceus, if anybody is following more recent Pokemon, there mm-hmm. is a god. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've fallen off. You've fallen off, but you're getting back. Yeah. You've got the Switch. You've yes. got your uh, new Pokemon Go game, so yeah. let's go game. So you're, you're catching back up. But see, I am very much original Pokemon. You're a Gen 1-er. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I've played, like, you know, X or and or Y. I can't remember which one I had. And I had and I played Moon. And, like, I enjoyed it. But part of the appeal of Pokemon, um, was it Let's Go? Yeah. The one on the Switch. Is that it was Gen 1 again? Yeah, like, because it's something achievable. Mm. Like, I mean... Like, if you try super hard, you could actually catch all the Pokemon. Yeah. But with the other ones, there's like, what? 65 billion Pokemon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, there's no hope of catching them. Well, what I'll say is, before we move on to our next topic, one final thing is... You've I'm, got all the new ones. I'm a Gen 1, Gen 1 or all the way. Mm. Generation 1 was what I grew up on. It's what I get into. But controversial, well, not really controversially, because a lot of people agree it's the best one. <laughs> Gold is my favorite Pokemon game. That's Gen 1, though, isn't it? Generation 2. So it's only just behind. Gold is, in my opinion, the best. Um, Not everybody's going to agree with that. A lot of Gen 1 are probably thinking of being a bit of a traitor. (laughs) But it's the best one. But uh, anyway, I was going to just segue onto another Nintendo thing. Since we were talking about consoles and their specs and things like that a little bit, just we'll do a massive 180, 360-ish thing, loads of (laughs) tourney things. Um, And we will just talk about uh, Sony. Sony has had their big announcement (coughs) about the the PS5. Uh, It's not coming out this year. Said it's not coming out this year, which I'm glad about because I'm still. I don't. I don't want the PS5 yet. I'm yeah. perfectly happy with my <laughs> PS4. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I do not feel the need for a new console just yet. I can see why people want it because, like, yes, okay, we are a little behind, I suppose, with certain things, but I don't see the need for it just yet. So mm. they're, they're talking 2020, okay. which is fine. So I'm. It's usually they do it in time for the holidays. So I'm imagining October, November 2020 yeah. is probably where I would imagine it's gonna be. And I think because we're in a time where like systems update mm-hmm. like I mean even on phones like when you update your phone sometimes there's a big change and it's like a whole new phone yeah with with like consoles like that like they update their and things like that like different things change like sometimes the interface changes and like 
it kind of satiates the the need for mm. a new console like you like because you're kind of intermittently getting that new feeling when yeah. you update you're getting a semi new exactly kind of yeah so at least it kind of takes the pressure off the like the console creators yeah and they can actually put a lot of time into making it different and how is it going to like set itself aside from the previous from console. and from the competition yeah it buys uh, them more time to get creative and things and like that, i think You've also got the advantage of like this generation, they did the PS4 Pro mm. and the Xbox One X. Yeah. So you had sort of iterate, iterative iterative consoles. Yeah. So it was like halfway, not even halfway through, but towards the end of the generation as we're finding out now, yeah. you got like a more powerful version of the same console. Yeah. So it could do a bit more. Realistically, it was one of those things of you don't need to upgrade, but hey, if your PlayStation breaks and you need to buy a new one, you might as well buy the Pro instead exactly. of buying the original one. Yeah. And it did get them a few more sales and it helped. Um but we're talking sales. Uh, the Nintendo Switch in Japan is just about to pass the lifetime sales of the PS4 already. Really? Yeah, it's it's very close. It actually, by I didn't haven't checked this in a couple of weeks. It was about two or three weeks ago I checked this, and it was getting close. So you never yeah. know; it could have passed it by now. Mm. Uh, so you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Switch is the little console that could. I love my Switch. Yeah. Um, but yes, anyway, a core AMD um, Zen 2 processor, which uh, I'm gonna admit, when it comes to like the, that kind of stuff, I just sit there and go, "Yeah, cool, it does things." I thought you were about to explain it to me because I thought you were like, when when like that stuff comes up, I'm like, "Yeah, oh, yes, yeah," and like teach. <laughs> I like my tech stuff, but when it comes to like PC related stuff and the architecture of all these types of things, like now, nah. maybe if I got into building PCs someday, it might kind of know a bit more about exactly what that means but in other words it's got a pretty good processor in it um, it supports ray tracing which I do have an idea what this is this is a new way that the console is going to handle light and lighting oh. effects and there's an amazing video of um, there's a Star Wars scene that was sorry you just sounded a motorbike going by there I do apologise if you guys heard that over the microphone um, there's a scene where they did like an animated scene from like a Star Wars movie and it looks real but Aww. it's just because of the way the, this ray tracing works, the way the light bounces off things. It's it's way more natural yeah. uh, kind of lighting system. It looks amazing. Like It looks fantastic. Um, so there's going to be support for that. It's kind of one of the new big things. It's gonna One thing that I think is really, really cool is it's going to come with uh, an SSD hard drive instead of a HDD. So it's not a mechanical hard drive. It's a solid-state hard drive. So that means it will load quicker. And oh. There was tests done using the PS4 Spider-Man game. And to load into the game, it takes about 15 seconds on the normal PlayStation, like the PS4, to load into the world. It takes less than a second to load the same amount of stuff using wow. a current kind of mocked up version of a PS4. Yeah, yeah. Five. So it's going to be a lot faster using an SSD. Uh, it also means that booting up games will be quicker. There's a lot of advantages to having an SSD. So that's good. Yeah. It will support your current PSVR headset. So if you oh, bought a PSVR headset and you're thinking, ah, oh, crap. Once this thing comes around, I'm not going to be able to use it anymore. No, it will support the PSVR headset. And I think the reason it's going to do that, and I think it was kind of obvious, people were a bit worried about this, but I think it was kind of obvious that it would, it's going to be backwards compatible. Backwards compatible? So in other words, you can play your PS4 games and your PS5. <gasps> so it oh. wouldn't have made sense for the old version of the PSVR headset not to work. Yeah. Because then that would mean you wouldn't be able to play your PSVR games. So I really like when, I really, really like when that's an option. Yeah. Because, um, like, I remember the first console, well, the first console I had was an Atari. Mm. It was older than me. Um, and then the next one we got was an Xbox. And I think I mentioned this before, like, yeah. the jump between we an Atari. We were talking about it last week off the show, actually. Yeah, the jump between an Atari and an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mind-blowing. Um, I'd imagine that literally blew some minds. Like, yes. Yeah. My God. But then... Um, there were some actual explosions going yeah. on here. 
And I was only a kid. Like, and not everybody survived that. No. no. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a Christmas. Um, <laughs> this is a family members Orla doesn't talk about. It's too painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got exploded by the Xbox. <laughs> by the Xbox. <laughs> um, but then, like, a few years later, when the Xbox 360 comes out, my brother, um, he traded in the Xbox for the 360. And I was like, oh, will I be able to play my Xbox games on it? He was like, yeah, he's a liar. Uh, Could you not? No. I thought you could play original Xbox games on the 360. Nope. I didn't have a 360. I've been a PlayStation person. Um, I'm 99% sure mm. that you can't play the, the original or Xbox Or he was games. lying to you so you wouldn't go near his Xbox. That, that is also <laughs> potential. E- in either scenario, my brother was lying. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, like he like had about a million games for the Xbox yeah. and I had three. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be too surprised because the PS3 didn't play PS2 games. Yeah. Unless you got the original launch PS3, that played. I was backwards compatible with everything, right. and that's actually worth quite a bit of money now because yeah. it was like the very original version of it. Oh. Every version after that, they took that out. They took the ability to play PS2 games out, right. so it can play PS. I think it was just it was an extra cost. They could save a bit of money by removing that function. Yeah. So they, all PS3s can play PS1 games though, which is really cool. Oh. But the PS4 can play nothing but PS4 games. That's it. Oh. And that annoyed a lot of people. And me as well like the fact that you couldn't play anything yeah. any past generation stuff because it meant that I always had to have the PS3 there plugged in in case I wanted to play on whereas oh. with this and it, they ta- like they're not small no like, they take they, up space yeah whereas with this now you get a PS5 you can put your PS4 away that's good yeah especially if you have PS Plus because then you can just transfer your save files by the oh, cloud over onto yeah. your PS4 5 I'm getting the numbers mixed up they <laughs> actually there's another fact they haven't officially called it the PS5 that's the placeholder name but it's going to be called the PS5 because yeah, they've called all their consoles PS1, 2, 3, 4 unless they do an Apple on it and being like PS5 PS6 <laughs> yeah. they'll skip a number like everybody seems to do yeah. with stuff that made me so mad just a side note about Apple like what What happened they to 9, nine didn't they? Yeah, what, what happened sort of to 9 you got Windows had 7, 8, 10. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you'd skip 7. Because isn't 7 an unlucky number sometimes? Isn't 7 and 13 are regarded as unlucky. Could be. I don't know. Different cultures. But they didn't. They skipped 9. Yeah. Everyone seems to skip 9. Maybe 9 is just seen as not being like a modern and futuristic number. Poor 9. Like, I love nine you, 9. Do? We like you, 9. Yeah. <laughs> um, couple of little other things that they did point out. Really only two things here. Uh, supports physical media so you can use your discs which is great Mm -hmm. because I always worry that we're going to get to a point where game consoles are going to be digital only and I don't want that because I like to have physical games I like to have a shelf and be able to see all my games we talked about this a little bit when we talked about streaming like I'm on board with streaming to an extent in terms of being able to sit down and have a big list of games that you want to just play for five minutes and jump in and out and like the Netflix thing where you just sit down and you stick something on Um. But yeah, I'm on board with streaming, but not to take over. And I'm also not on board with digital taking over. But the problem no. is it's going to happen. Like it's Definitely. cheaper for developers. They yeah. don't have to pay to have games made and put onto disc. You're already seeing now with the Switch. When they make a game on a Switch cartridge, I think that has like it's like eight gigs of storage or whatever on it. If the game is over eight gigs, there are bigger memory cards they can get. Like there's a 16 gig one and there's a 32 gig one. Like there are bigger cards that they can use. Yeah. But the developers aren't doing that. What they're doing is they're putting eight gigs worth of the game on the card and you have to download the rest. Right. So you still, if if years from now that game got taken down and you couldn't download the other bits, if all you had was what was on the card, you wouldn't be able to play the game. 
So strictly speaking, physical media is dying anyway. So it is going to happen. And it, the sad thing is, it means you can't like, the amount of times I've had friends telling me, oh, I'm playing this game. It's great. It's fantastic. Oh, I'll get lend that off you when you're finished. Oh, I downloaded it. And I was like, no, that was one of the great things when I was a kid. Like when yeah. we were when kids. It was like, yeah, it's like, oh, this game's deadly. Here, here, have a go with that. And you lend the game to somebody. And yeah. you'd be like, I have friends that, Luckily, people I trust who still have copies of games I lent them about five years ago that I just haven't gotten back off them yet. Oh. But that was just the thing. Like, I know I have games belonging to them as well. <laughs> but you'd lend games, and that's sadly one of those parts of gaming culture that's going to disappear. Is like sharing and lending games is just going to go away. Then again, you have it on the flip side where it's like if they're hooked up to the internet kind of thing, and you can play with your friend online mm. at the same time while being in different houses. So yeah. it's like a new version of that feeling if you get yeah what i'd love and i don't know if they're going to do it because there's no benefit for developers to do this but say if you could like lending a game to somebody if say i come in and say oh this game on the switch is fantastic you'd really like it and you're really interested in playing it i'm like oh i'll give you a lend of it if you could do some sort of a thing where because i own the game i have the license to use the game like i could send you a license Mm. i could send you a code that you can put in and that gives you a license to use it for like a week yeah. Or something like that. So you can basically have a lend of the game. So you don't own it, you can't use it indefinitely. You can play the game or maybe you're like you insurance. Can, the way yeah. you can get insured on other people's cars kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. So it's like I lend you the game, you can either play for a certain amount of time or you can play it to completion once and then it gets locked. Yeah. Something like that where you have the equivalent of being able to lend the game to somebody. I yeah. think it'd be great. I'd say I'd say like there will be enough demand for that. There might be for something like that to come out. There's no financial incentive for a company to do it. That's the problem. But it could be just like somebody like you or I who like has a lot of money and is great with tech. And he's like, here, look, I think this would be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, um, and there, like, there'd always be a way to, like, there'd be some kind of financial incentive to it. Mm. Like, everything can be monetized these days. Yeah, that's true. Capitalism. Woo. Maybe you have to pay a fiver or something to get that licensed yeah. car- key uh, or Yeah, like a monthly... Know? like subscription yeah. they'll come up with something mm. but the last thing is and I'm sceptical as hell about this mm. AK support apparently oh not, <laughs> We're not AK gonna, no, support no, it's not going to do that gosh like, off AK video like we've got four people how many people have 4K TVs oh this is what we're talking about yeah like not, not that many people have like realistically not that many people have 4K TVs yeah people who are really big into their tech and really big into like super high quality video I have a 4K TV because I ended up in a position where I ended up with a 4K TV. Like, the TV downstairs broke, and when we went over to buy a new TV, it was just, it worked out that there was a 4K TV that was on sale that was around the same price as a 1080p TV, and this was also a smart TV, and we thought, right, feck it. And the one in my room was a 4K TV because a friend of mine was getting rid of that TV, and he only had it about six months or seven months, and he wanted to get a newer, swankier, nicer TV, so I got a really really nice Sony TV for like half the price it would have cost me to buy it so I couldn't not take it yeah Um, so what's 8K is that better than 4K twice the resolution of 4K TV but I mean there must reach a point where it can only be so there's a point where the human eye can't really perceive it anymore like um, there's videos out there that you can watch of like people kind of trying to explain how at a certain point your eyes just can't see any more detail because it's so beautifully detailed already so I don't I don't see the point in it and I also don't think it's 100% clear because what the, the PS4 Pro now strictly speaking does 4K gaming but it doesn't it does 10 or it does um, 1080p or 240 something like that P but it's upscaled essentially to 4K through a thing they call checkerboard rendering it's it's basically a way of making it look like it's 4K without it actually being 4K Okay. and I can imagine it being something like that 
Right. But uh, yeah, I don't see it being full on 4K and I don't think it's necessary. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I reckon by the time the PS5 is finished and it's all said and done, yes, most people will have 4K TVs. No one's going to have 8K TVs if they even exist by then. Like, Sorry, I just realised you're saying 8K. I was just saying A is in the letter A and I was just like, AK. Oh, no. Eight. I apologise for my accent. That, but that also <laughs> makes sense that 8 is twice, twice as much as 4. Twice as much as 4, yeah. I'm not, I'm not that much of a dope. This is, this is Matt's club now as mm. well. What, uh. what did we do last week? We did um, Dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week it's uh, this week it's Matt <laughs> to show how bad we are at Matt. <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, there's your little uh, gaming related uh, PlayStation related update for this week. Yeah. Um, and happy birthday, Game Boy. And ha- happy birthday to the Game Boy. We love you so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's our, our kind of I suppose segment one out of the way. Um, where was I now? Yes. So moving on, what we're going to look at now is. Do you remember a few weeks ago we spoke about streaming? We're kind of keeping on the game team for a few minutes here. Yeah. We spoke about streaming and how, you know, it could be one of the possible futures of uh, of gaming, gaming and, yeah. and basically downloading your games and not having anything physical there you plug in. or Yeah, it's like the natural progression nearly. Yeah. And it's like nothing local on your system. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's nothing there. You have to stream it and all of this stuff and yeah it sounds really really futuristic until you realise that Nintendo did it in 1995 (laughs) essentially they did the same thing oh Nintendo (laughs) it's not exactly the same it's a bit of a kind of a rigmarole you have to go through I suppose we wouldn't have had the technology in 99 to have it on the same level either we didn't have the basically we didn't have the the streaming capabilities like we wouldn't have had you need broadband internet to do like Mm. what we call uh, modern day streaming yeah sure dial up yeah, could you imagine streaming with dial-up? No, this wasn't even done with dial-up. This was even more kind of uh, old school. <laughs> Essentially, the, it was called Satellaview. Satellaview, as in like oh, satellite, satellite, satellite television, satellite. So <laughs> that's what they went with. Satellaview. That's, that's very sweet. Or Satellaview <laughs> in, in <laughs> Japanese by the looks of it here. But essentially, right, this was a satellite modem <laughs> that you could get for your um, your Super Nintendo or your Super Famicom. In okay. the in Japan, as they were called, they weren't called the Super Nintendo over there. It was Super Famicom, oh. um, family computer, yeah. Famicom. Uh, so yeah, they released this for the Super Famicom. It never came out in the West, so it was a Japan oh, okay. exclusive, which is probably why a lot of people uh, over here have never heard of it. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Japanese people probably hadn't heard of it because it wasn't like super popular. It wasn't huge. No. Um, but what you would do is, you, to get the whole system, it retailed at kind of around about what would now kind of translate to $140 or so, $140, $150. Okay. And it was essentially an expansion that you'd get for your um, your console. I was so about to ask, was it like the console itself or was it an add-on to your console? No, this was an add-on. Okay. So the Super Nintendo or the Super Famicom had no ability to do this by itself. Right. Um, so essentially you'd get the actual kind of the receiver box itself, the actual satellite receiver box, which you would sit your Super Nintendo on top of. It would connect into it. You can see it in the picture here. Yeah. kind of sits on top of it. And then you'd get a, a cartridge and the cartridge slots into the top in the cartridge slot. And using these two things, you can essentially kind of stream a game. So it was basically like a radio signal Mm -hmm. and it was a scrambled signal. It would be sent at certain times and the Super Nintendo satellite system would unscramble the signal and you can play the game. But where it was a bit weird, you could only play for I think it was an hour at a time. Oh. And it was at very specific times. So people would know 
that okay at five o'clock this afternoon Nintendo will be streaming such and such a game and you can go and play that game sit down for an hour play that game while it's streaming and while, or while it's being broadcast I suppose yeah uh, sit down and play it and have a bit have a bit of crack for whatever for an hour and then that was it you had to wait until the next broadcast oh my god isn't that absolutely mental that's so weird so retro that is like just the, the such a retro version of streaming yeah like, and it's like, so cool and like say it starts at five o'clock it's like streaming from five o'clock to mm. six o'clock could you jump in at like a quarter to a quarter past five or? i think so i think you could kind of jump in at any point during that but of course you wanted um you kind of wanted the to be hour. there for the full hour if, if all you were going to get was an hour's worth of streaming you kind of wanted to be there how was it an hour a day uh, I, uh, I think yeah it was an hour like the days that it was on I don't know whether it was like every single day they do it or what way exactly it worked but uh, it's just such a strange system very especially like given that it wasn't cheap mm. kind of thing um, you'd kind of expect it to be at, at least once a day yeah. kind of thing and you definitely expect it to be longer than an hour yeah definitely could, yeah. You, ma- could you imagine if you were told you could only watch Netflix for one hour a day Oh, God. <laughs> Choose wisely. I don't think I do even watch Netflix for an hour a day, actually, now that you say it. Really? No, I haven't been watching much. Well, it depends on the day. I did watch that um, Love, Death and Robots. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Nice. thought it was really cool. I've seen a couple episodes mm. of it, um, and I enjoyed them so far. Um, I saw the one with the cats. Was, was that the cats? one with the three robots? Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's my favourite one of the entire series. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's the one uh, Dad showed me. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, if you're going to like this series at all, this is the episode this you should watch. This is the one watch. you're like. <laughs> well, it's good. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I know we're not supposed to be talking about Netflix here, but that, that, that's a cool series yeah. to go and watch, actually. It's techie. Robots. Yeah. And Futuristic. Really nice animation. And there's some really talented animators who are part of it as well. Like There's yeah. some pretty cool people involved in it. Um, I love animation. It's a possibility of a second series as far as well as far as I've heard. So oh, good, yeah, good. pretty cool. But uh, um, there you go. There's some a little bit of information on sort of the early days of. It was kind of just a rudimentary run through of it there, but yeah. kind of the early days of kind of the idea that we're going with now. Yeah. Of game streaming, like obviously a lot less convenient mm. than the current uh, the current things. Um, it, as I said, it was broadcast. It was a satellite radio kind of signal it was broadcast by a TV station called Wow Wow <laughs> which is a great name for a TV station yeah um, and yeah you'd get uh, it was it was a fixed time slot as I said it was that's what it was I was looking missing the, the name here Super Famicom Hour Hour so it was during this time that the signal would go through it would go through the airwaves the radio waves and your satellite receiver would pick it up and it would unscramble the signal and you could now play the game God like I mean as you know, the way a few weeks ago we were kind of looking at the the origins of where game game consoles mm. and computers came from. It's so cool to see this, the transitions through the decades, and yeah. to like kind of be able to pinpoint where we are now and the kind of inspirations that we've gotten from mm. our consoles. That like the similarities, like like you said, with this one and yeah. the streaming, and say even the Game Boy and Pokemon. Like some things are just timeless or it's the whole if it ain't broke don't fix mm. it um, but it's it's really interesting to see I like or if this one like if it ain't broke let's do it again yeah exactly yeah <laughs> let's do it again but better this time yeah <laughs> let's, so, yeah. let's take a look at this again shall we and I, I definitely feel like streaming this time around will be a lot less of a fad mm. and uh, we'll get more than an hour 
Yeah, and <laughs> it will be worldwide. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, one last, I suppose, little thing while we're on the topic of Nintendo e things, mm-hmm. um, and then we can move on to the stuff you said you had kind of looked into for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be quick. This will be. I'll be fly through this. I'll be. I'll be fly through this. I'll be fly through. I'll this. be. I'll be fly through this. <laughs> um, really, really interesting thing. Nintendo Power ROM flash ROM cartridges. Mm-hmm. These were a really cool idea. Um, these, again, Japan exclusive. We didn't get them here. Um, well, we didn't get anything here. But when yeah. I say here, we didn't get them in North America, essentially. Because um, <laughs> it's just take for granted we didn't get it in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> if it didn't make it to North America, yeah, we it didn't probably get didn't it. make it to Europe. But basically what these were um, was you would go into a shop. Certain shops had these kiosks. Mm. And you'd walk in. And you would take, handy that I have a prop here, you would take your Nintendo cartridge, Your they did it for Game Boy and they did it for Super Famicom. Mm-hmm. So Game Boy or Super Nintendo to people who are not from Japan. And you would go in, you would plug your game cartridge into the, the kiosk and you'd get a list of games. And you'd go into that, you'd, or, I don't know whether you had like the same list in every kiosk or whether it was different ones in different kiosks. But you could basically delete the game that was on your cartridge and swap it with another game. And now we said this before, but like off air, I think this could we could see this coming back mm. because we become quite conscious about like reusable products and being less wasteful yeah. and like given a lot of consoles and cartridges and stuff are made of petrol or not petrol plastic. <laughs> They're made of petrol. Petrol. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking about like petroleum and like the origin of <laughs> plastic. Um, yeah, if you're ever running out of a. Uh, like petrol in your car just take a few video game cartridges just yeah. throw them in Grant, <laughs> don't do that oh, God. <laughs> do not condone that but like yeah like a lot more people are being a bit more conscious about plastics and things like that so I'd say we could see that coming back and maybe Possibly. it mightn't be a thing where it deletes the game but mm. like you go in and you purchase the game and you just plug it into a thing and like wait a few seconds for it to yeah. download and then you toddle off but then again, I suppose you can download games. Yeah, would you need to do that now, I suppose? Because uh, you could do it with absolutely no cartridge involved. But then we could go back to the whole, you know, the way we were saying about um, games becoming digital only. Mm-hmm. To kind of satiate the people who do want to have the physical game, they can like buy just a blank cartridge and download it and have it on or disc. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of keep that option alive. I look at it a slightly different way where I agree with you that I think we could see it come back as a thing or maybe that we possibly should see it come back as a thing. But where I think it would fit in would be for people who are from areas where they have very bad internet signal. Mm. Because say if right PS5 and that comes out and if later in the PS5's uh, life cycle or into the, the next generation after that, if physical games disappear. Yeah. But realistically a lot of people would get very annoyed if the PlayStation 6 comes along and it doesn't have disc a disc slot for you to play your older games yeah. so if we had a situation where if you live in an area with really bad internet where you actually physically cannot download yeah. games or it will take you days to That's download games say. if you could go into your local like whatever like a convenience store type place or uh, whether it be like a music or a game shop if yeah. they still exist with a, and go in and with a blank disc or a blank cartridge stick it into this kiosk and download the game from there mm. it would only take a few minutes because it's just copying it onto a disc basically yeah it's not downloaded. and then bring that home and play it at home and even if like okay games are getting bigger so maybe a whole game wouldn't fit on a disc but even if a good chunk of the game fit on the disc and you only had to download the rest of it like yeah. you do now um, I think that would be a good way of h- helping people who just don't have access to good internet yeah get their hands on games and it would also kind of bring a new lease of life to video game shops yeah. Because, I mean, 
it's over the last 10 years it has been a bit of a roller coaster for ma- more so music shops than gaming mm. shops oh but, gaming um, shops are dying too I know like yeah. you notice it more with music shops yeah because like, we haven't got many of them no yeah. um, not at all um, and to be fair I think it's more of a thing in Ireland because like I know in the UK there's a lot more music mm. shops um, and I, I, I'd love to kind of look into that sometime like yeah. why the, why music shops just aren't as successful here um, which is kind of interesting but um, no you do see it with gaming shops as well like I mean there's only a handful yeah. and most of the ones they're the same same chain <laughs> the same chain like there's yeah. two that come to mind but both of them offer um, like recycling your games mm. and uh, reuse games and stuff like that yeah. or really old ones like kind of nostalgia and yeah. where they'll have like I think that's where a lot of game shops are going to go definitely they're going to go retro yeah like you, you start seeing like PS1 games popping up mm. in uh, in shops a bit more and you know either special editions or anniversary yeah. things and I love walking around like retro game shops and having a look at some of the stuff they have like, oh me too it's great fun even though a lot of time I can't afford the ridiculous prices they're asking for some of the games that is the shame like I think there's a window where it's it's too old to be cool anymore mm. so you can jump in but now like say PS1 games are getting pricey oh my god and I know just even PS2 games yeah Um, like I bought I bought a few PS2 games there a little while back and um, so now some of them were like 2 euro 50 cent and stuff like that which was fine with me but then other ones were like 30, 40 euro and I'm mm. like mm, it's not a new game yeah, like it's it not 30, 40 euro worth of game quality anymore <laughs> and we have the issue as well of where in Ireland and also in Europe but yeah, mainly the fact we're in Ireland <laughs> means that we have a much shallower pool because so there was less of the games there was just less games in general because most of our like retro game stores will be stocked from stuff that was bought in Ireland or in the UK yeah. so that means our prices are higher whereas in the States you could pick up games for like nothing some of these older games really? over here we've got a smaller, a smaller pool essentially so the games are more expensive how do you mean? Like less of them? Yeah. So there was less oh. circulation of the games. Oh, I so see. In like in the words, first place? Yeah. So in other words, now there's less getting traded back in. Right. Mm. I kind of never thought of that aspect of it. That's why uh, game collecting in Europe is a bit more expensive than game collecting in the States would be. Okay. And also we just didn't get as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, but then again, it could be changing nowadays because back then there wasn't as much... I'm, gonna say, I'm not like not media pressure, but media exposure. So like, yeah. there wasn't as much hype, maybe, because like the big companies that were creating these consoles and games weren't in Ireland. Yeah. So you kind of had to be in the know. So I, <laughs> I heard, I heard somebody outside, and I thought it came from my phone. You heard a voice laptop. in your head. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I that's told, all it was. I told them to be quiet for the show. They're very, yeah, very no, distracted. They don't always listen. Yeah. But uh, we'll leave the gaming stuff there, I suppose, yeah. anyway. that was I think that was a little, little interesting trip down memory lane to yeah. start with and then just some information on what's to come and just some little things that Nintendo did that were kind of ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended there. Ahead of yeah. the game. Yeah. <laughs> it actually took me a minute. <laughs> um, but uh, now, as you said, like, stepping away from from gaming and things like that this was just like little nasa like nasa just released this information just a little nasa thing just a little nasa fact that that little company yeah a little they're a startup you might not have heard of them little space guys that could that Mm. sounds like aliens yeah (laughs) um but uh, i was just looking up for if there was any new news or Mm. whatever 
And I think we've talked about this before. In fact, I'm 99% sure we have about the universe expanding. Okay, yeah. And like the whole like expand, it expands to a certain extent, and then it yes, we have actually. Yeah, yeah. we had a uh, David Moore scaring the bejays yeah. at one point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that happened today. Um, it was released that uh, the universe is exa- is actually expanding faster than expected. Oh. Yeah. So. It's like slow again, down, buddy. Exactly. Like you know, we're still doing fine. Mm. Like it doesn't mean that we're, like the Earth is actually going to stretch, and we're all going to. We're like, all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to like stretch seven feet either. Um, but basically, I know. <laughs> just a little, just a little, like you know. Yeah, just. Yeah. So I suppose everybody would be taller then, and it wouldn't really matter. Oh damn it! Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah we're, we're condemned to being short, I suppose. <laughs> oh well. Curse you. <laughs> Um, but basically, so the space age, age, <laughs> the space wow. agencies, the space ages. Great. Yep. <laughs> space ages. I'm space aging. <laughs> um, the space. So this show will do to you. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, Try again. Uh, let yeah, let. Um, the space agencies, Hubble Space Tevel Telescope. <laughs> my God. This is not a hard uh, sentence to say. I'm not even cutting this out. <laughs> the Space Agency's Hubble Space Telescope. I got there. Hey. Okay, I got there. <laughs> um, shows that it's growing about 9% faster than it has been expected. Oh. Yeah, based on the trajectory, um, it started shortly after the Big Bang, according to astronomers. So, like, it's okay um, it could require astronomers to find new physics theories to try and explain the universe's mm-hmm. strange behaviour, though. And which I do, I like when things like that comes out because you do hear a lot about, like, obviously, we know all the elements on the periodic table. There's so many things that just seem very cut and dry mm. and that it's finished. And say, fi- not physicians, that's something else. Um, physicists. Physicists. I was like, not psychics either. That's something else. My, as well. mouth, my mouth is very dry, which makes physicists very hard to say. Physicists. <laughs> Um, that it's like there's everything there to learn and then that's what you learn and then you like try out new theories and things like that so I think that's really exciting that learning something Mm. new because we also found um, there was uh, remains of uh, like skeletal remains that are like thousands and thousands thousands of years old that didn't match up with um, what our evolution theory tells us yeah so there's still so much to learn and I think with the with the universe growing faster it's just like what else can we learn from this more yeah. black holes I love when we've got stuff like that where we as you said we thought something was set in stone mm. and it's not like I've been doing a lot of uh, reading recently into like uh, the possibility of civilizations earlier than we thought there would have been ah. intelligent civilizations which I think would be a really cool thing to talk about on the show at some point actually because yeah. there are some really interesting uh, ideas out there for where there seems to be evidence for civilizations long before archaeologists really thought there was any. Really? Which would really rewrite a lot of stuff if it's true. Like, oh. So, yeah, I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about. <laughs> I can't, like, I ho- hopefully some more stuff comes out mm. about that, because that would be a very interesting yeah. show. Um, but basically, so the speed of the universe's expansion is known as the Hubble Constant. Like, it has constant in the mm. name of it. <laughs> as in, like, this is cut and dry, this is what it means. It's, la, la, la. it's constant, it happens. Yeah, and it's the central part of physics and our understanding of the universe. 
Um, but it's been repeatedly observed and to, and to behave unexpected, unexpectedly. Um, and the more astronomers find out about it, the more wrong they appear to be. <laughs> um, in ways that have forced scientists to wonder whether the assumptions about it have been wrong. Mm. So, and it then just goes on to say, like a new study conf- confirms that the speculation um, speculation, and requi- requires further work to explain exactly how the universe is growing and why it is growing. And I think this is definitely one to watch because, yeah. like I said, it, it was it was constant. Like this was this is what we based our physics around. This yeah. is, and now it's just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think space is just throwing out a lot of little surprises there recently. Like obviously yeah. we talked about the black hole and now something like this. Yeah. And I just think it's really cool. It kind of. Uh, maybe for scientists it, it can throw a bit of a wrench in the works but yeah. I mean it keeps on their toes as well <laughs> exactly it gives us something to talk about yeah keeps that existential crisis flowing yeah you know, stuff might be going fuel. crazy yep. the world has gone mad the yeah. universe has gone mad but uh, there you go I suppose we don't know Look, we just don't know what, how these kind of things are shaping up and I think it's it adds to that mystery yeah you know, that's the, the amazing thing is how mysterious and weird the universe actually is exactly and it like, it's humbling mm. to be like, oh, we're so small. Well, it can be humbling and scary. Like, on the one hand, it's like, oh, we're so small. Um, but it's like, oh, there's so much wonder out there. And yeah. there's still so much unknown. Even when you think you know everything about it. Well, not us, but <laughs> <laughs> when the we scientists. Think we know so much. <laughs> yeah, we know everything. <laughs> no, <we> Sometimes. <laughs> very rarely. Possibly never. Yeah. Definitely not me. Mm, or me. <laughs> uh, no, it's great, though. It is really, really cool. Uh, I like to see all these kind of basically old ideas challenged. Yeah. And just, just not because I don't think that the solutions that they have now are, are correct or interesting or good. Mm. But, you know, if something comes along and challenges that and then you can prove that the new thing is wrong. Yeah. It solidifies even more. They're like, no, we, we got this. We know what we're talking about here. Exactly. And then occasionally we don't got this. <laughs> you know, we were wrong. Thought we did. Yeah, we thought we got this, but we don't got this. No, and I think it is good. But, um, and scary, as most things in mm. science are. Um, but no, I just thought it'd be kind of interesting to throw that in. Yeah. Give a bit of an update of space, considering it is science. But I didn't want to talk too much about it because I know you have news. Yes, we do have some interesting yeah. news stuff. Um, in this is a, this is a cool one. Yeah. We've talked before about kind of uh, robotics and how stuff like that is going to change the medical field. Yeah. Um, but they've come up with uh, autonomous robots that basically can navigate within your body. What? Yeah, they've basically used these. Um, it's a robotic catheter Mm -hmm. uh, and it can navigate its way through um, cardiac valves or through your heart in general but moves around inside your body and can identify um, and find and repair uh, what they've used it for here was a a leaky cardiac valve. So in other words it can get in there it can find its way around and this was a blood filled heart it was a it wasn't inside a body or anything Mm. like they used like a I think they used like an animal heart or something and they did the whole test with it. So it was blood filled. It was being, it was active kind of thing. And surgeons were able, without any surgeon's guidance, they were able to put this uh, little robot in, essentially a little nano machine in and it went in and it actually found the problem and began to work on repairing the problem. And they're saying this could be something that could happen in future. Like if it's small little repairs that need to be done like that, where it's like, ah, you just go take a nap for a bit and here, take this robot pill and it will (laughs) go in and it will find the problem and it will go fix you. That definitely is the way of the future, though. And, it, like, you have seen similar things in sci-fi movies and books and all this. But um, it is 
it's like a heat-seeking missile and mm. stuff. But even even when you look at the science behind painkillers, pay, pay painkillers. Painkillers. That's when you're in a shopping centre. Painkillers, yeah. that's just, yeah, that's when you're just not getting the money yeah. you think you deserve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but painkillers, like, the way it it sends signals to the, what is it, it's the synapses. Mm-hmm. And it, it cuts off the, the message that's telling you to feel pain kind of thing. Yeah, they're not actually solving the problem yeah like they're not getting rid of it the pain is still there the pain, just, yeah the your pain brain is, is telling there. you that's grand you don't need to you don't need to pay attention to that yeah. anymore it's, all, it's okay they go they just cut off that message mm. and and painkillers have been around for a long 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 yeah. time um and it would be a different kind of thing to say antibiotics where they'd be latching on to the virus yeah, they're actually and they're actively killing. doing something yeah, yeah they're killing the virus but um yeah i think this will be sooner rather than later mm. kind of thing yeah. i hope because i mean <laughs> With, when you hear technological advance, that's a fun word, technological advi- advances um, like these, you're like, we're going to live forever if the planet doesn't kill us first. We could do. There could be a day when that can happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about the planet killing us or us <laughs> da- damaging the planet, whatever way you want to look at it. Who will uh, win? Changes in rainfall and temperature have already begun to impact water quality. Uh-oh. So this was a, a research research paper that was done by Carnegie Institution of Science. Uh, they basically found, they were looking in the States and they found that changes in temperature and precipitation have already begun to affect the amount of nitrogen mm-hmm. that's uh, introduced into US waterways. And that can uh, this can lead to uh, basically an algae that produces toxins that will obviously could then possibly get into your water and cause problems to you down the line. Oh, so it could cause issues to the actual quality of the drinking water and then what may actually need to be done and just the quality of the water in general, yeah. like the overall water quality. So yeah, we're doing we're doing some things that maybe aren't really helping too much. Yeah. Uh, one other slightly sad one here. Uh, see penguins. Don't say sad and penguins yeah. in the same sentence, Sean. Don't do this to me. Basically, uh, one of the world's largest emperor penguin colonies has had some breeding failures. No. Uh, a couple of years in a row, they found that they have uh, failed to raise chicks for the last three years. Why? They don't know. They're trying to work out exactly what's going on here, like what's causing it. Um, but there's there's some issues with the yellow penguins. But is it like a thing where they thought um, they thought a certain species of penguin had been had gone extinct, and then um, they they went to like a different part of the Arctic, and the penguins had just moved. Oh. They just changed um, where their like breeding location was, and uh, like it could have been an environmental thing or a climate change thing. But um, yeah, there was like the whole there was a whole colony of these penguins that I don't think they I don't think they were believed to be extinct, mm. but definitely like on the extinction list and things well, no like sadly that. these are still there uh, um, it's basically they've used high res satellite imagery to kind of check out the colonies see how they're getting on and it looks like yeah they're not no. having they're not having the best of time oh um, stay so safe hopefully stuff um, kind I'll of help. yes we'll all go and help the penguins yeah I, I'm very good at petting soft things look they look so nice oh penguins just, are amazing uh, as we sit here looking at pictures of penguins uh, I know you can't see them but if you want to make yourself happier to be honest I find one of the things that makes me happier than anything is watching any kind of nature documentary of penguins yes. just watching how penguins do anything Ugh. is just unbelievably cool they're great they are penguins make for life I've seen that yeah mm-hmm. not just for Christmas not just for Christmas um, <laughs> and well, we'll, we'll end on a more kind of fun story then because this is kind of cool yeah um, since since doodly doodly do. This one might come in handy. Synthetics, synth. Oh well. my lord! Synthetic speech generated from brain recordings. So this is new technology, um, which could end up being a stepping stone towards basically what they're the term they're using here is a speech prost- prosthesis. 
prosthesis. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's nearly the end of the show. Speech prostheses, um, <laughs> which could it could help people in the, you know if they've lost the ability to speak mm-hmm. to be able to do it again. But this mm. is a it's a brain machine interface that was created by neuroscientists, which can uh, generate natural sounding synthetic speech. Uh, uses a brain activity to control the uh, vir- a virtual voice tract, mm. and they've basically they've detailed the uh, the anatomy of the whole thing. There's no yeah. way when you hear um, synthetically generated voices, it sounds like a synthetically generated. Yeah, it voice. sounds like a robot. Yeah, but they've basically they have gone and built essentially like a simulation that simulates everything from uh, your lips, your jaw, your tongue, your larynx, the whole thing. Wow. It simulates how all of those things affect the sound. The, there's research has been conducted on participants who have intact speech mm-hmm. because obviously they want to kind of have the full kit and caboodle. They want it all there and fully intact and, and usable. Yeah. But they're saying the technology could one day be used to basically restore people's voices if they had lost their voice. Yeah. That's really cool because I suppose you have you have prosthesis for nearly everything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, with hearing aids, they're getting so, so good these days. Yeah. Um, and it's like... Speech, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Oh, and I like that they've taken all the different components into into question, like, you know, the, yeah. to kind of perfect it. Because I suppose we have, actually, before I start that, uh, there are a few things that uses brainwaves mm. to, to say, like, move prosthetics and things like that. Anytime, it, anytime they're able to connect something outside to your brain, I'm mm. like, oh, my God, that's amazing. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it is really cool. Like... That's. I wonder if they change voices, or will it, will it be all the same voice for everybody? I'd imagine because they're working on modeling it. Can you choose? Your, you could probably, your based on, they'd model a different larynx and a different different set of mm. lips and the whole thing to make it it sound different for different people. I'd imagine. I'd love to have a really deep voice because I just don't look like somebody who'd have a really deep. Especially voice. Especially if you could just turn it on at some point. So like you walk around <laughs> just talking like yourself, and then all of a sudden you start talking like this. Barry White voice yeah. out of nowhere. That's so good. That'd be so much fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, we ended on it. I think a bit more of a fun news story. Yes, yeah, Something that is good. Upbeat. It's exciting. But Future. We have sadly come to the end of the show. We it have has flown by yet again, as yeah. it always tends always to do. Does. Um. So yeah, that was that was great. I thought it was really good fun. Very and we got to uh, I like that. got to bring my Game Boy out of the house. It's probably yeah. the four, today was probably the first time this Game Boy has left the house in probably about twenty years. So oh. Maybe not literally twenty years, but that's probably not too far off to be honest. That's so sweet. Yeah. Game Boy stay out. It got it got a trip out a trip <laughs> outside into air. the real world. Don't um, fall. But yes, we are done. We are wrapping up. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed the show. Yes, thank you for uh, joining us as always. Hopefully, it was a bit more coherent than last week. <laughs> uh, we are back next week, same time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't catch the live shows, we are also podcasted did, 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 yes, on yeah. iTunes, on Spotify. Spotify and on our Podbean page. We are, uh, we are on social media, which we forgot to do earlier <laughs> in the show. Genius Hack on Facebook, at Genius Hack 925 on Twitter, at Genius underscore Hack 925 on Instagram. Well, I got them. I when, am I'm under, when I'm under time pressure, I do it. Yeah. And with that, we shall say goodbye. Goodbye. Take care. Stay safe. Bye.